Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 248. Also, I think the number of runs that the Toronto Blue Jays scored yesterday in their baseball game. Uh, My name is Rob Woodbridge from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Today is August 30th, second last day of August Technically, almost the second last day of the summer vacation for your kids. Oh, man, I cannot believe this summer flew by so quickly. And I'm always, always, always happy to see my co-host and good friend, Mr. Khan. Welcome, buddy. Yes, thank you. It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto for one more day. Um, and then and, you're, you're uh, actually defecting, right? You're moving to... I, I, yeah, move, I'm moving over to... No, I'm just kidding. Moving um, to New York, right? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Why, why would I go to New York when the Jays are playing so well? Oh. Uh, I was at the game yesterday. Uh, phenomenal game. 15 runs. Uh, like, what more can you ask for, right? I mean, it's, that's entertainment right there. Um, I see. Yeah. Have, as, as, you know, has the media already picked the uh, World Series uh, parade route down uh, down Front Street from? They've from... had it planned since '93. Like they don't alter <laughs> the route. They don't alter the route. <laughs> you know what? Not even for construction will they alter the route that they've no. already planned. That no. is confidence in the Jays. God, you know. Did I ever tell you, Asif? I, I, you know, I know we start with baseball every time because it's it's important to to understand the rivalry here. Is that this is the first time really that that our teams have ever faced or been fighting for a playoff position, right? I mean, the, the Sens and the uh, and the yep. Leafs that that'll never happen. Not, not because the Sens are bad, but you know, Toronto's Tron, yeah, well. not so good. But I was actually, uh, I think it was uh, two thousand and nine when they uh, when the Yankees won their last World Series. Uh, when was the Jays last world? Well, just yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was actually, I was in business there and I actually was at the uh, the World Series parade. I've never been a part of that before. It was the coolest thing ever to see the World Series parade. So hopefully I get to see that again in New York this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> not not likely to happen. But anyways. Um, uh, AK, how was your week, man? something to see yesterday and, and I mean, nine RBIs by one guy. Like yeah. just Edwin, Edwin just lit it up. Use it was the great. force. Use the force, man. Yeah, use the force. Exactly. Um, yeah, okay. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, like, um, do you know after a big race, like we saw these, uh, you know, um, in the Olympics, at the end of the race, every single uh, racer gets tested for steroids, right? It's just part of the procedures. Do they test players right after the baseball games? Like, mm-hmm. Edwin was on something yesterday, man, because that guy's on a twenty-four game hitting streak, nine RBIs, three home runs. Jay's slaughtered fifteen to one. But I, you know, I, I just, I look at that and I think, wh- like, what, what has happened? in the cosmic realm to allow this team to score that many runs consistently and strike fear into every single pitcher that faces them. Like it looks like they're lobbing the ball underarm in to basically an entire team of Casey's. I just, I've never seen this before. Never seen it before. I just hope they can maintain it for the next 30, 30 games. Right. And, and the biggest problem that the sports media in Toronto have right now is they cannot come up with a acronym for the top five guys you know, because oh, back in back in, uh, in in the World Series days, they had this Whamco thing it's going terrible. on, right? Thank God, they can't. And they come can't up with they one. can't come up with one. Like they're struggling because they can't figure out you know a combination with with you know Troy and uh, Josh and Jose and Edwin. But I, I just thank God they can't. Like you know, <laughs> media, just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah, as soon as they label it, it yeah, it is. Um, who's the guy who does the Sportsnet stuff? Um, he, he played for the Jays there. Uh, Sadler. Who? 
Pat Tabler? Oh, no, no, no. I think he like he does the Sportsnet commentary. He's the color man. He looks like Don Cherry. Where's all? Oh, uh, Greg Zahn. Greg Zahn, yeah, that guy. Like, he, he's he's. Uh, if you've ever seen this guy, if you don't know who Don Cherry is, he's the great Canadian host here at CBC. He does the hockey games, and, and uh, he wears the most ridiculous, outrageous suits. And I think that Zahn is trying to be the equivalent to him in baseball. But there was that moment yesterday when Encarnacion hit his third home run, and uh, base and baseball fans are throwing their hats under the field like a hat trick. Like that doesn't happen. In, no. in anyway, no. it's a big big game. I'm still not impressed, but the Yankees did win three to one, and a three to one win is as good as fifteen to one. Absolutely. All right, Steve, what is going on, man? What uh, what was your week like uh, last week, and what's going on in the coming week for the Location-Based Marketing Association? Well, the week was pretty calm. I got to hang out in, in town and do some meetings here, and uh, so that was good. You know, get caught up after being away for 10 days. Uh, so a lot of catch-up this week. But uh, the week ahead is uh, is a busy one. I'm actually headed to Chicago uh, early uh, in the morning. Uh, that's Monday morning. Uh, for the mobile payments conference that's happening uh, there at the Hyatt Regency McCormick. Uh, so um, I think that'll be interesting. I'm doing a panel with um, Location Smart and Gimbal and a company called Apriva that's in the sort of uh, post-transaction data side of things. So uh, looking forward to that discussion. And uh, we're actually, the LBMA's uh, Chicago chapter is going to host a little meetup for drinks uh, tomorrow evening. So that's Monday the 31st. At six six p.m. on the rooftop of the uh, Lowe's, uh, the new Lowe's Hotel in Chicago. So, if you're in Chicago, you're watching this, and you got nothing to do at six p.m., come have a drink with me, um, and we'd love to uh, to hang out and chat with you. So, that's tomorrow, the thirty first, uh, and then obviously um, all of our focus right now uh, is really on retail loco, quickly approaching. Also in Chicago, by coincidence, October twenty second and twenty third. Uh, great slate of speakers uh, coming together for that uh, and some new sponsors as well um, and uh, you can just go to retaillo.co uh, to learn more about that so nice easy week for you yeah nothing and to it no baseball games in uh, in Chicago that you're interested in seeing no nah, well you know I mean if the Cubs are there I, I always try to get over to see the Cubs if you know if I can so. Cubbies are uh, Cubbies are playing for a playoff spot they are. This is going to be a good last month of the season. That's all you're going to hear about here. Forget yeah. location. Now that would be like a great, a great World Series. The Jays and the Cubs. Uh, steeped right? in history. Can you, imagine, can you imagine watching a playoff game from Wrigley Field? Like, when has that happened? Like, it's never happened. No, 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 no. Not since the Bartman ruined that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I... Um... Do, you, do you know what? I heard a cool statistic about, about these guys the other day about the Cubs. Did you know, like, the, so, somebody threw out this trivia question, and it was... What was the uh, the first stadium of all uh, of all the ma- major league stadiums to get uh, lighting yeah. for for night games? And um, well, it was planned to be Wrigley Field, but it, they ended up actually being the last stadium yes. to get lighting. It didn't happen until the eighties. I remember that. That's how old I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Do you know it, why? No. It didn't happen because the owner of the club who had signed the contract to put put lighting in back in the the. Um, 40s or whatever it was, he um, at the last minute he, he like he looked at it and he said, well, no, 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 we, we shouldn't be doing this. This is not the right thing to do. We're gonna take um, like the money from like the metal and all that that goes into lighting and put that into the war effort. He sacrificed his life. Sacrificed lighting for the war for America's dominance. That's funny. <sighs> I suppose that's funny. I suppose that's the right thing to do. There you go. But there was something nostalgic about uh, never being able to see a Cubs game. They played 80, 81 home games, right? And they were all during the day. 
all during the day yep. until the 80s. And I remember when the lights came on. And the biggest uproar back then was the fact that it ruined the vantage point for all the buildings around Wrigley Field to be able to see the game. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. All right, let's get, to, let's get down to some business. We got our top five stories of the week. Because he's got um, four... A little uh, quick hits for his member news, and uh, and then we don't have a resource, no book reports, nothing. We're just going to cruise through this. It's all about yeah. baseball. It's the summer. It is. Yeah. Summer's busy, and, and summer's coming to an end, man, like very, very, very quickly. It's very sad, and I'm trying to catch up on all the stuff that I should have been doing maybe, all maybe the summer. In, in, I got a suggestion, Rob. Yeah. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't plan this, obviously, yeah. but instead of a guest this, this week, we will show you Edwin's Grand Slam. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we will interrupt after, after the, stick around. After the five uh, stories, we'll show Edwin's Grand Slam. And if you don't care, it's, it only takes a minute anyways. <clears throat> you know the thing, I saw this great video though, Steve, from the Blue Jays. It was somebody who compiled all of the home runs yeah. from the season so far. And uh, it's long. It's like 900 minutes long. Sultans of SWAT. Don't use that one, but uh, my goodness. This yeah. team is incredible. All right, on, on to the real news. All right, yes. I'm going to start it off with our top five stories of the week. Now, this is a, uh, I don't know, if uh, many people have heard these guys. They're moving into Chicago soon. They're coming up to Canada soon. It's Uniqlo. It's a it's a clothing store. I guess to see if the way that you would classify these guys, as you said to me, is that they're like they're kind of like uh, Old Navy, right? Um, discount clothes, but, uh, you know, I look at Old Navy as kind of three-wear clothes, right? You can wear them, you can wash them three times. And then, then you can't wear them ever again because they're either shrunk or they've they've uh, they've faded through or they've ripped. That's just my opinion about Old Navy. Mm. Um, but uh, Uniqlo is a huge uh, clothing uh, chain in Japan, based out of Japan right now, and they are uh, the largest retailer in Japan, and they are aggressively expanding into China and the rest of the world. Uh, I read reports that they have uh, almost 500 stores in China, and they're going to get up to 1,000 stores in China by the end of the year, and they just want to accelerate that to 3,000 coming into Montreal, Chicago, everywhere across North America. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the uh, what they're doing in-store in China with WeChat. And uh, WeChat is, uh, you know, certainly maybe not as popular in North America as it is in Asia and, uh, and Europe. But uh, WeChat, they've, they've managed to accelerate their followers on WeChat that has a huge implication on their sales through social media. Uh, they now have 2 million followers on WeChat or, into, you know, people who use WeChat on their channel. Um, so this, this is a uh, directly for them to increase the number of followers they have. And this is a campaign that used in-store monitors uh, in, in the stores everywhere in China uh, where people tried on their outfits. And when they were trying on their outfits, the, it was like a green screen. So behind them was different cityscapes in, in China and in London. And then they were able to take that photo and share it socially through WeChat, share it uh, socially through the web. And this accelerated uh, an incredible number of, uh, of followers on, on WeChat. I always wonder what this means to sales. Like, how does this accelerate sales? How does this accelerate brand development? But this was one of the greatest uh, ways that they they found to accelerate this. And it was all done based on contextual information around the photos that they shared behind them. Um, one of the other things that happened on WeChat recently, I don't think that this was part of a safe story, was that uh, a couple filmed themselves having sex inside of uh, one of their the main stores in Beijing. And uh, that blew up on WeChat because they distributed that on WeChat. And now, in fact, there are people that go to the store just to take selfies with the store itself. So the store has become an iconic brand as a result of, you know, a couple having sex. Now, I, I don't recommend probably having sex. Maybe you should. 
maybe I, I recommend having sex in a changing room. That's fine. But maybe not in China where they clamp down on distribution of this kind of content pretty effectively. But uh, that's not the story. It's just an auxiliary to the story. The big story is that they use these photos, the ability to take a photo with a different background inside the store and share that on, on WeChat and through the web. Um, but I, I certainly like the sex story a little bit better. I don't know. Let's see if that, we should have led with that one. <laughs> there you go. What do you think? Um, Style your life. Yeah, I'll, leave, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speechless. Our, I've left him. Yeah. Our second story. So moving from uh, China and Japan uh, to Taiwan, uh, there's a uh, fairly large, um, well, probably the largest uh, used car dealer uh, company in, uh, in the country is called Kagulu. Uh, that's K-A-G-U-L-U. And, uh, you know, like the used car world, it, it, you know, it has this sort of very negative connotation with it, right? Like, you know, can we trust these cars? You know, are we getting a fair price for, the, for our car? You know, all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, you know, they're not left out of the, uh, the use of technology and application uh, there either. And uh, so these guys have uh, teamed up with a, a group called uh, Brand Sugar, which is a Taiwanese creative uh, agency. And uh, another group called Party New York, um, and together they've created this very interesting out-of-home campaign. Uh, it's very very cool. Uh, so basically, taking a uh, a large truck um, and then building a screen into the side of the truck uh, and a bunch of cameras and sensors, uh, the truck drives along. And let's say you're at an intersection, and you're probably watching the video right um, shortly after I explain this here, but. Uh, you're at an intersection and you, 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 you drive alongside this truck and the, the cameras and the sensors pick you up. It basically scans your car, um, checks against the database for what, what your car make and model and all that sort of stuff is. And then on the screen gives you an instant price for your car as a used car of what you can get for this vehicle. Brilliant marketing, um, you know, and, and, and giving people like, you know, and sort of this immediate sense of, hey, my car's worth X. You know, I hadn't been thinking about trading it in or doing whatever, but now I might be. Um, and so, so it's an interesting thing. I like it. Uh, great way to bring, uh, you know, sort of a shine a light on, on, on the used car uh, industry and uh, a great use of out of home and, and location based marketing in that context. Yeah, that's a, that's a good use. I've never thought about selling my car. I've just thought about a trees landing on it and ways that I can destroy it to collect the insurance money. Honest to God. Yeah. Yeah. I had my car, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I took it in uh, before our trip last summer and the night before um, I was going to take it into the shop to get it ready to go on this massive trip out east. Um, it's the only day, I swear to you, I lock my car every night. It was the only day I didn't lock my car. I come outside, both doors open, the trunk's open. It's been destroyed in inside by uh, by guys. They, I told you this last time when yeah. it happened. That, yeah, they didn't take anything. Not in, they didn't even take my Springsteen CDs. So they were young hoodlums. I knew that they didn't have any taste. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to sell my car. Please, somebody buy my car. It's a CX-9. There, a there's car. a commercial on, on Canadian TV right now. Um, where this dad, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. He wants, like, he he wants to get a new car. Yes. Basically, he goes out on the front lawn and he's playing catch with his son. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, you know, he throws the ball to his son and then his his son throws it back and he purposely like misses it so the ball hits his car and like me. Break, you know breaks pieces of his car off every time. But you I love still have it. to you have to buy a new car, right? I'd like the, I, I'd like some natural phenomenon. We have a huge tree in our yard and I would like it just to come crashing down yeah. out of the house, but on my car. Yeah, but what's that going to do to your treehouse, man? Well, I'm, I'd gladly sacrifice it. 
Oh, okay. No, I can rebuild. I can rebuild. <laughs> All right. All right. Speaking with staying speaking with cars, of cars. Yeah. Let's stay in this world. Uh, you know, I am a huge believer in this whole world of the smart car. And, uh, you know, I have many conversations with a lot of my friends when we talk about, you know, the ways that, uh, you know, the, the cavern of the the inside of the car, how you can add some interactivity to that. Not just so your kids can play video games and watch videos, but you as the driver to stay connected on long trips, right? You, you don't ever want to pull out your cell phone. Yeah. You don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we're starting to see tools emerge. And, you know, you've got the Tesla dashboard, which is beautiful. You've got some great tools like, you know, the old Ford Sync that is emerging, that is actually changing away from Microsoft. And now you've got CarPlay with Apple and you've got Android. And all these guys coming into the, into the dashes. But what about the old guys like me? My car's nine freaking years old. It still has that little button on the on the dash that says sat for satellite radio, right? Like that's how old my car is, is that I, I, I no internal Bluetooth. There's nothing that really connects this thing um, to the outside world. It's terrible. That's probably why I have car envy when I see anything floating by uh, that has that kind of connectivity. So I try a bunch of these things. My first endeavor was the dash. It's an app that actually connects to your OBD2 port. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. Um, and and the dash is, is is similar to what, what I'm going to be talking about here, but it gives you the ability to assess um, how you're driving and the impact of your driving on your gas consumption and on, on the stress you're putting on your car. And you know, when that silly little engine light comes up, what does that really mean? I've, I, I have no idea. I can honestly say. Um, now, th there were some limitations with the dash, and, and I think there are limitations with the actual story here that we're talking about, but this is Verizon's hum. They are, uh, it's almost the exact same thing as I just described. You buy something called, a, you buy a little plug or a little uh, interface for your OBD2 uh, port. You plug it in and it basically creates a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi uh, network inside of your car. And you it connects through an app and then it tells you the status of your car. And that's where it starts. And now they have also this visor uh, thing that allows you to... Um, do hands-free Bluetooth calling. It also has an emergency ability to call emergency, not through your cell phone. So if you're, the networks are down, this actually connects directly to um, do emergency callers. It does the same thing basically as OnStar, where if you get into an accident, you go from 100 kilometers an hour to zero. It will call the paramedics. It will know your location. It does all those kinds of things. Um, the challenge here is that I have is that there's a four fee. It's $15 a month for your first car, $13 a month for each additional car. Um, but it, it, it does do a little bit of stuff but not enough to warrant that price like it's like OnStar um, now the, the, where they where they kind of fall down here is the ability the value that you and I will find with this maybe the accident but we're not aiming for accidents we never want to validate this because you have an accident um, but it, it you know tracks your car if it's stolen which is not something that I want clearly I want my car to be stolen and I never want to find it again honestly I see if I'm being honest here um, so this is this is an interesting play but again I don't think it's enough right the thing that I really want in my car is Bluetooth connectivity for my phone seamlessly so that when my car is parked in the laneway and I'm in the house, it doesn't keep transferring over to my car when I'm on phone mm. calls, right? Those kinds of things. So I, th I this is an interesting play for a company like Verizon. Um, and especially when you start to get into connected cars um, and the, the, the stuff that we're seeing out there in GM and Ford. Um, but I, I think this is this is not enough. And, and there's a lot of solutions out there right now, like the Dash, as I said, that do enough of this. And I took it on all of our trips and I got all this data about the, the you know how I'm driving the car. I have, I have no freaking idea. I have no idea what that means. And the last thing that the, it allows you to do is connect if you have a problem. If your engine light goes on and you want to know what that means, you can connect directly to a, to a mechanic. 
And I can't imagine the, like the worst conversation to have right now I have is with my mechanic. I don't see same yeah. with you. It was like, I walk in and I'm like, you know, when I turn right, there's a clunk, clunk, clunk sound. And, you know, I feel that the car's wobbling a little bit when I turn left and this happens. And they look at me like I am completely insane. Like everybody else, cause you can't describe it. Imagine having that phone call with a mechanic trying to explain, well, I'm driving and this is just, I never want to connect directly with a mechanic. So they're, they're edge cases. They're not uh, mainstream cases. I don't yeah. think that this is something that, that the average consumer will want in their car, but I might take a look at it. But the price is too steep. Man. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous how much they want for it. Well, even they, they compare it to um, automatic, which is like Dash. Um, automatic is $60 to get the kit. And I think that that's too expensive. The average human does not care that much about the car. They just see the sticker in the top left corner of their windshield and they say, okay, at 50,000 kilometers, got to take it in. Do what you need to do. I'm going to drive it out. So... I'm not, not sold on this, um, uh, but I love the OnStar service, especially as it moves into that concierge world. But this this doesn't have the ability to do it. I, I don't think so. I think this is an interim technology. All right. Sorry, that was a little long, but... No, no worries. Yeah. No worries. All right, our fourth story now. Well, here, here's an interesting partnership that I may not have uh, anticipated. Uh, Apple, uh, in particular Apple Watch, has teamed up with Square. Uh, another uh, big payments company that we've talked about quite a bit over the years. And uh, so you're, you're wondering, well, you know, Apple Watch already does, you know, we've got Apple Pay, we've got payments, and uh, Square has their own payments platform. How could these two work together? Well, uh, in the latest uh, iOS version of the Square Cash app, uh, now allows Apple Watch users to make P2P or person-to-person -person payments. So this is kind of interesting because, you know, obviously uh, with Apple Watch and, and Apple Pay uh, as it is today, that's strictly for point-of-sale transactions. Uh, it doesn't enable anything else. Uh, you have to have, you know, merchants that accept uh, Apple Pay. Uh, but if you want to send money, if Rob wants to, you know, send me a dollar because he lost the bet and the Yankees, you know, are going down in the World Series, he can now do it from his watch to mine. And, uh, you know, I like that. It's cool. Um, and, you know, we're, we're in a world now where I think we're seeing more and more uh, P2P transactions. Uh, it's growing every, every week. Um, I do a lot of uh, e-transfer stuff uh, just through the Canadian banking system, you know, via email. Uh, but uh, absolutely, I could see, you know, the need uh, and, and the growth for uh, mobile versions of this. And, you know, if I can do that through my watch uh, using Square uh, to process the transaction on the back end, that makes sense to me. Uh, as part of this, they also have something called Cash Tags. This is a, uh, a way to cre create a unique username that begins with a dollar sign. Uh, and then instead of having to enter all the credentials uh, for for these people, so if you're doing a lot of transactions with the same you know person or family members or whatever, uh, you can simply create a uh, effectively like a hashtag, but instead of a pound sign, it's a dollar sign uh, for that person, and then uh, facilitate uh, just much quicker uh, uh, transactions between uh, between the individuals that are participating in this. So very very cool. Uh, so that's the Square Cash app now uh, enabling P2P transactions on Apple Watch. I was hoping that you could do it because we're in Canada and Canada is lame when it comes to uh, Apple Pay because we don't have it yet. Yet. I don't even think that there's a date. Maybe we'll hear on September 9th. They'll announce some more. Some they keep saying November, but I don't know. Well, they haven't even announced it yet. Yeah. Um, and remember what it, the frenzy was as soon as they announced it in the States, like every bank machine uh, had, uh, hey, Apple Pay coming. So I don't know if that's that's going to happen. I hope it does. 
Yeah. Allow me to, uh, boy, I would just love to be able to pay with my watch because the rest takes too long now. Yeah, and and you know what? I don't know. Did you, I assume you saw the stat this week about uh, you know you know the adoption of Apple Watch? Yeah, crazy. Uh, and how like how quickly they've they've four, closed. Four million uh, units. Like yeah. they're they're just behind Fitbit now. Yeah. So. Well, and those I, I I'm still a little bit leery about those numbers. I think that they're they're low. Um, because I, you know, I talked to friends that that scoffed at the idea of three months of an Apple Watch, and now they went out and bought them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that this is, and and you see instances where uh, you know you go to a movie and you pay with the you know at the ticket kiosk. I just the, the idea of taking out your wallet seems so old yeah. now to me. Um, you know, on a retail note, I tried uh, the um, the uh, click and go, click and yeah. click and go from Loblaws. So Loblaws is a huge um, grocery chain in in Canada. Uh, they own President's Choice and a bunch of other ones, discount stores. And, and uh, I did that yesterday with my family. Is that uh, you, It took a while. Like Their website is clunky. It's slow. It's painful. If you've ever yeah. ordered groceries online, it's it, like it's not natural. right? Uh, you don't feel the produce. But uh, I, I think it could get better. They really need a mobile app. They just desperately need a mobile app to do this so that you can do it on the go. You don't need a website. And the web is very slow. But um, the process was very seamless. We picked uh, you know, $100 worth of groceries. Uh, paid for it uh, online and then um, basically parked in this red designated zone right by the front of the store and called a phone number which is archaic as well and said hey my name is Woodbridge and I'm here to pick up my groceries and then literally two minutes later they pulled out with this you know cart full of groceries loaded it up in the car and it was gone and um, very seamless great especially yeah. if you're on the go with a family um, it, you know it was a good I experiment. still miss the days to be honest with you like when I was a kid we would go to the grocery store yeah. I remember this like yeah. With with fond memories, you know, and you'd load up your stuff, uh, and then you know, like you'd pay for it, and then there'd be like this conveyor belt, belt system, <laughs> yes. right? And uh, like they pack it all into these little crates, and it would, it would go on this conveyor belt thing, and then you'd pull your car up, and there'd yep. be a guy there waiting to like load it in for you. Like it, I don't know, it was just cool to me, right? It was back in the day when they had grocery stores inside of malls like that, yeah. where you just. Yeah. You you do it. Uh, I remember that it was Wegmans, and I, I just I definitely remember those days. But here we're coming back to those. Um, but it took three people to come out and do it. There's a five dollar convenience fee. Yeah. But for me, that's that's like oh, it's great. It's worth it. Yeah. And, and uh, so, anyways, it was it was a good experience. So if you tried it, if it's available in your store in your Loblaws, you should you should give it a try. Anyway, so back right. back to the story here. Back to the next story. It has nothing to do with this. This is our good friends Shazam. See, when was the last time we talked about Shazam? I like uh, these guys. Probably like a month or two. Yeah, I know. I started using them again. Um, I, I always impress my kids when I Shazam a song on like YTV and I start singing it because of the lyrics. I'm like, <laughs> Dad, you know this song? I'm like, yeah, of course. Who doesn't? You know yeah. the words? Yeah. God, I'm so smart. I'm a hero. Um, so anyways, I, I do that all the time. It's 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 fun to do, and, and that's what I use Shazam for. But people are using it for more and more. We talk about, obviously, the use of com in, uh, on commercials and during the Super Bowl and all these different ways. But how about Shazamming a bottle of Absolute Vodka? Like, I've never thought about this, right? Uh, here you are, Shazamming a use, because they're doing visual recognition functions right, right uh, now. Um, so here is a Toronto-based company that is called Tap Mobile. They, they, they have the exclusive, the way they fit into this, they have the Shazam's exclusive Canadian 
partner. That's what they are. So they're working with Absolute, Corby, Spirit, and Wine, uh, which is the with Absolute uh, Vodka. And they are in three areas, in, in uh, Absolute Vodka bottles in BC, Alberta, and Ontario. They're outfitting these guys with special neck tags. And when the users Shazam um, the bottles, so for visual recognition, they're actually going to uh, create a custom mobile experience that includes, I, I don't know, like... Trending absolute cocktails uh, and recipes for absolute cocktails. They're trying to get engagement right on the shelf, which Asif and I are huge advocates of. Um, now, the oftentimes when you have brand recognition like Absolute, I don't know if you need to do this to differentiate yourself, um, but it's always good to have a good product first, and then to be able to uh, you know augment the ability to have a good product with you know something like recipes. So this is this is in store in aisle uh, shazamming of bottles to give you a custom experience through your mobile device I, this is probably a good idea I, I don't really think that this is something that uh, is revolutionary but because uh, we've seen some things like this with NFC built into the bottles yeah. before a little bit easier just to tap the bottle than to shazam it but I you know I think that at least they're thinking this way which is which is good which is very good you know these guys you obviously know the uh, yeah, you know the tap absolutely. mobile guys yeah I think I know all, all, all the players in that uh, mashup, so it's pretty cool. Is this is this uh, like it'd be interesting to see stats, and maybe the LBMA should do a, a uh, kind of well. A post. I'll, I'll talk to the tap guys and yeah. see if we can get uh, get them on to talk about the project and, and share a little bit more details around it. Yeah, because you know this is it's. I would like to know the type of engagement and the yep. conversion rates, because because it's one thing to create a brand like Absolute is a brand that everybody knows. But so when you walk up to an Absolute bottle, you have an understanding of of what you're getting with Absolute. It's like Grey Goose, or you you know the brands, right? So I wonder what it would take, like you know, a Seif and Rob's vodka. Well, you know, if we took a no name brand like mm. that and create and did something like this, I would like to know the, the different. Uh, conversion rates and engagement rates that would happen as a result of this and i would say that maybe it's recipes for absolute vodka but for you and i it, it in our vodka um it would have to be something a little bit different than just recipes. you think you think edwin could get his own vodka now edwin, edwin right now he could be elected he could be the prime minister right now right he just he could be uh, edwin ee -E, double e vodka yeah i'd buy it there you go whatever juice he's on i would take you some want vodka. some right exactly Whew. All right. All right. So uh, those are the top 13 stories I think we covered right there. Um, now, I'm going to tell you honestly that eight of them were about baseball um, and five of them were about location-based marketing, which is the ratio that we need to be focusing on here because it is September and it is, uh, you know, playoff baseball mentality. Those are the five stories. If yours isn't there, if you have a contention with any of those, uh, reach out. Rob at untether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. You know, Seif, I had a lunch with a friend uh, this week, and he listens to the show regularly. He likes to catch up, and he talks about how we talk about baseball so much. Um, but he also said that we should do this daily. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. 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 Imagine yeah. listening to us every single day of the week. I don't think so. No. Uh, so those are the five stories, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll continue weekly. How's that? It's a struggle enough. It's to, working for me. Yeah, it is. It is working for for me. All right. So before we do, uh, before we get into the uh, member news, which you have four items here, see that you're going to cruise through pretty quickly because we're a little bit delayed because of yep. my voice. Uh, here is Edwin Encarnacion's Grand Slam, our featured guest. Uh, you can be damn sure that as soon as A Rod hits a Grand Slam, it will be our featured guest. But uh, take a look at this. It'll only last about thirty seconds. Edwin has had one three-homer game. 
Collins is back at the wall, at the track. Grand slam, home run. As I said, that's Edwin Encarnacion, the great Canadian hope. Not at all. But he plays on the Toronto Blue Jays. And that was his third home run. He hit a three-run shot, a two-run shot, and a grand slam in the game. And a double. And a double. Oh, my God. And I drove in nine runs. And he got the Canadian baseball hat trick. And all the all the fans throwing their, uh, their hats on, on the field. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, so right. jump into uh, member, member news, news, and then we're done. All right, first, so we'll start with United Airlines, uh, and um, this, this is a cool story. Uh, we all, you know, for those of you who travel a ton, uh, those of you who don't, you've been to an airport, you know how crazy it is to try and find your way around a, an airport, um, and, you know, mapping has been a big problem in airports for a long time. And, you know, we've kind of almost always relied on these, you know, these big kiosk things, or you know these these giant displays with just a map that says you are here and you got to figure out how to get to wherever. So um, the the guys at United have been working with a company called Locus Labs um, that has a very sophisticated indoor mapping technology. It's almost uh, in in terms of visual uh, layers that they put together uh, at the level of the way uh, of basically Google Street View. In fact, one of the guys behind Lo uh, Locus Labs is ex DARPA and ex uh, Google uh, Street View um, uh, team. So uh, it, it's pretty sophisticated stuff. So they've built these uh, these very very detailed uh, indoor maps of uh, of a number of uh, of airports. Uh, let me uh, let me just check the number of airports here. Uh, I did know this number seven the seven uh, United domestic hubs at the moment. So. Um, so a lot's going on there, and then they're uh, they're adding a um, uh, a beacon test to uh, to the Newark uh, airport as well to see if they can improve the accuracy uh, further using beacons. So just in the one airport they're doing beacons, but across the seven hubs, uh, all these uh, these maps are available. I will give this a shot this week uh, as Chicago obviously is one of the the hubs, uh, and I'll be landing there tomorrow. So I'm going to give this a launch. And uh, if you're coming to Retail Loco in October. Jeff Ulrich, who's one of the, the lead digital guys at United Airlines, will be speaking uh, at Retail Loco, and I've asked him to talk specifically about this, uh, so you can hear right from, uh, from one of the key players uh, that put this together uh, how it's going. So there you go. There's an incentive if, uh, for Retail Loco. Come here, Jeff. Uh, talk about what United is doing. All right. Our second piece of member news, uh, over to, uh, to New York now for Macy's. And uh, they've done something kind of interesting. So uh, in the battle to fight online uh, with offline and continue to bring value to people in the actual stores, they're running some interesting tests with their dressing rooms right now. Um, effectively, they, they've got tablet uh, systems uh, built into the dressing rooms 
the idea is is that uh, you can browse the catalog, shop while you're in the dressing room, if you will, select the items that you want, and instead of you having to kind of try one thing on, you know, and then take that off and put your other clothes back on to go back into the store and grab, you know, the next size or whatever else you need, they want to simplify that process. So. Uh, just through this tablet system in the actual dressing room, you can select the items that you want and the sizes that you want, and it's all like just delivered to you in the dressing room via old school kind of shoot type of system. So they have a little, uh, just a little shoot that comes right in the dressing room, and you, like you select the stuff you want on the tablet, and then boom, it's delivered to you. You never have to leave the dressing room. So, you know, I think it's cool. It's convenient. Um, it, it brings a little uh, layer of, uh, you know, something different uh, as a differentiator for them. And, you know, instead of fighting with Amazon, it's like, hey, we'll use online, but we'll do it like in the context of our own store in the dressing room while you're there. Rob, you want to say something about that? It's great. I just can't imagine getting my pair of pants, like a new a new size of pants, sent through the chutes, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, well, they're talking about things like lingerie and, and stuff like that. Well, I can't imagine getting my lingerie through a chute yeah. either. There you <laughs> so, go. You, know what I'm but you see, Rob, if 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 you're in the Uniqlo store, yes. and you're having sex, yes, exactly. Uh, you then something. you know you may need to change your clothing, right? No. Yes. I think, no. I think that we've taken this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've taken this. But what I, I don't know how to recover from this. But what I do like about that idea is the context of of using using uh, the tablet for an in-store web. You know what I mean? Like yes. so. You know, maintain keeping keeping the the uh, the consumer contained in that environment and making sure that they can. It makes make, lots of sense. To it me. does. I, I like it. So uh, decision making. If, if you're at a Macy's store in New York City, uh, I think it's the flagship store. It's just the one store right now. Um, well, that, I mean, they got to try this out first, you know, avoid, avoid any kind of injury or anything like that. Um, but I, I definitely like that because when you're, when you're in the, in the, the decision-making mindset around purchasing, you know, I've been in there, I've been, uh, you've been in a, in a changing yeah. room and you're like, oh, forget it. It's not worth going out and getting another, so I'm not going to buy it, even though probably I did want to buy it. But this kind of removes that obstacle for, uh, yeah. you know, re removing cognitive overload helps sales. There you go. Uh, and I, I misspoke. It's not the New York flagship oh. store. It's the uh, Manhattan Beach, California store. And they're doing this with swimsuits and lingerie and things like that. So yeah, Manhattan exactly. Beach store in California. So my two-piece, that's where I get my two-piece, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Our third man, piece of The man thong? Is, the man thong? Is that the man thong? Mankini. <laughs> the man, no, I, no, I'm talking man thong, right? Is it, All right. It's terrible. No. Now I just want to. I want everybody to just take a moment here and pause and think about the okay. man. Thong. Just, just so you know now, Rob. Like when the Yankees are eliminated from playoffs, <laughs> Rob's going to come on the show wearing his man thong. You yes. know what? Uh, you know, there's a visual. <laughs> think about that for a moment, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Carry dear. us on to see if get us out of this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Our third <laughs> piece of member news. Uh, our good friends at Blue Bite, who will also be at Retail Loco. Um, have uh, announced the launch of a new product. It's called the ESCA, E-S-C-A, uh, Beacon, uh, B-L-E Beacon Solution. And this is uh, pretty cool because it, it's about packing a bunch of technology all together in one uh, platform. So uh, it's, it's a uh, Beacon platform that supports both uh, uh, iOS as well as Google's Eddystone uh, uh, protocols in the same uh, uh, technology package. It also comes with a cloud-based dashboard management system uh, so it's dual mode hardware and a set of developer resources. So this is a powerful piece of uh, of hardware. Uh, again, it's called the ESCA, E-S-C-A, uh, B-L-E, Beacon Solution from Bluebyte. 
Um, and uh, I like it. It's got uh, you know full uh, access to Google's uh, proximity APIs. It uh, you know so and one of the cool things is if you're trying to manage a whole fleet of of these things, it allows you to sort of uh, do that all through this dashboard system. So pretty cool um, because we we've seen up until now you know almost a separation in the industry where you've got hardware guys and you got software guys. Um, and sometimes the two don't work well together. So here you have, you know, these guys coming, putting it all in one nice package. Uh, so take a look at Blue Bytes Esca uh, BLE Beacon Solution. There you go. And the last piece of member news: uh, our good friends at the Gap uh, have teamed up with Virgin Hotels. Uh, uh, and I don't know, this is like the Chicago show or something. So this is happening uh, at Virgin's Hotel in Chicago. Um, you could basically shop at thegap.com. Reserve the styles that you want, and then within a few hours, try them on in the privacy of your own Virgin hotel room. So it's kind of like Rob uh, ordering his groceries online and then going to pick them up. Um, instead, you order your clothes from thegap.com online, and then they're delivered to uh, your room at the uh, Virgin Hotel in Chicago. And you basically can can experience and try things on there, and uh, I you know I, I expect to see more in these types of partnerships, right? We talked I don't know maybe a month ago about uh, Netflix teaming up with Marriott hotels, and if you have a Netflix account when you're staying at a Marriott, basically you can access your own Netflix account and watch you know catch up on the shows that you've missed. Uh, that kind of stuff makes sense, and you know this is about convenience, right? It's about saving people time. Uh, and making you know making life a little bit easier. So if I need to do some shopping and uh, and I can do that from comfort of my hotel room or on my way to my hotel room as a traveler, or I need something, you know, there you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Gap and Virgin Hotels teaming up uh, for a, a click and try on. Let's call it uh, <laughs> in your hotel room. You know that is so uh, prescient because that trend of being where your customer is. Yeah. Is, is very important is that you can't be confined by the walls of your establishment you have to be in front of them at all times and i think that that's what the gap is trying to do here and i've heard of uh, uh you know clothiers uh now sending packages you subscribe to a personal stylist and once a month you get a package of clothes that arrives at your door and yes. you try on what you want and we cover these guys right well, you try on what you try them on and you keep what you want and you send the rest back and then you get billed for the difference, right? So you, you don't get charged until you send it back and uh, or you've held it for so long. It's like the Columbia House for clothes, ultimately. Mm. Your first 10 albums for a penny. But it just shows you that you have to be in front, you have to be with the consumer in front of their mirror, not have the consumer in front of your mirror in your location. It, you, it requires that as well. And that's, I, I, I mean, the gap is interesting. Their, their marketing is, is uh, was at one point revolutionary with their, with their television commercials. Um, and then at the other point, their, their digital marketing stuff is so terrible. They're still sending me emails uh, with, uh, about dresses. And I'm, a, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm past that phase in my life where I've worn a dress, right? Now I'm into man thongs. But they don't know that about me. Although I, I purchase stuff from them, not on a regular basis, just because their digital marketing sucks so much. Mm. I'm pretty sure that they're missing out there. So I always, you know, it's good to have these partnerships. They're very smart. But you, you've got millions of people on your mailing list. You know, close the, close the sieve. Close the gap. You know, stop losing people. No pun intended. No, exactly. I realize that. <laughs> Don't don't lose people who are already in your mailing list, right? Hone that stuff. Tell me how to make it better for me instead of just offering discounts. But the gap, I like I like what they're I like what they're doing. I like that trend. That's the show. That's the show. Asif two four eight. 
248 runs scored in the last two games for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, but the Yankees won both games of the same. You know, I think it was 2-1 and 3-3-1. So keeping pace, game and a half behind the Toronto Blue Jays. Hmm. Big week coming up. Uh, I don't have anything else. I'm out. Anything left to say? I'm good too. All yeah. right. The one thing that I failed to mention last week, which is ridiculous to see, and I'll finish it off right now because uh, it, it is part uh, parcel to uh, all 248 episodes, including this one, obviously, is the fact that uh, last week was the 40th anniversary of one of the most seminal writings in the history of literature, of music, of rock and roll, and uh, pretty much of history. Uh, it was 40 years ago last week that Born to Run, the album, the quintessential rock album that features the song Born to Run, and not only that, my favorite song of all time, Thunder Road. Not only Backstreets, come on, like that was the seminal rock and roll album, and it still is. Um, it's the 40th anniversary of its release, so I think it's only fitting that we end this show, uh, our 248th show, with this, the classic, the classic Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen off of the album Born to Run, released 40 years ago last week. Until next time, folks. We'll see you. See you for episode 249. See you have a safe week in Chicago. And uh, good luck to those Yankees to surpass the Jays this week. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, see you later, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> Cheers. Across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't you run back inside Darling, you know just what I'm here for so you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Well, show a little faith. There's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Oh, and that's all right with me. You can hide with your covers and study your pain. Make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain. Waste your summer praying in vain for a savior to rise from these streets. Well, now I'm no hero that's understood. All the redemption I can offer girls beneath this dirty hood. With a chance to make it good somehow. Hey, what else can we do now? Except roll down the Everyone's waiting down on the tracks. Can I so come and take my hand? We're riding out tonight to case the promised land.
It's a time full of losers and 